Hello and welcome back to another episode of Life of Brian. Brian, how are you? Very good, Harrison. We are we are here at Christmas, Dan and Lawn, doing this podcast live from home on a rare occasion. It's been great. The it's, it's now Boxing Day, Christmas Day. Yesterday we had a lovely lunch and dinner and breakfast this morning. It's been food, 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 food drinking, drinking, drinking. What, any highlights, lowlights? Uh, no, I can't wait to get Maybe out of here. <laughs> can't wait to get out of here. As in, you can't wait to get everyone out oh, of your house. Just, we've still got yeah. a few, we've still got a few floating about. A lot of people here, but it's always good to go home. Well, I'm at home. You are home. What are you talking about? Are oh, you in the right frame of mind to be doing a podcast? Are you probably not. Probably not. What are we going to talk about today? Well, we've got Rocky Dabshek um, with us. Hello yeah. to you, Rocky. Hello to you, Harrison. So Rocky would mean nothing to anyone out there listening, but Rocky is, oh, a, that's not true, is, but a, yes. is a long-time friend of thirty-odd well, years, maybe More. a bit longer. 30-odd years, Rocky and I did a radio show. Rocky had a love of Collingwood. I was playing at the time and that's how we met and then we went into – Rocky was working in radio before I was and then we went into a radio show together called The Dropkicks and he's a muso around town um, and amusing. <laughs> that's thank Rocky. You. And I thank you for that. And I He's a great friend who I, talk. Who I enjoy short – Spans of, and yes. you love interrupting as well. And I think uh, Brian's attitude to me was summed up in his first few words, where Rocky means nothing to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I thank you for that. And for the people who are Rocky's listening, meaning that there's no visual here, and we we can't see Rocky. We're not filming this podcast. Rocky is Rocky. a very unique looking rock star style character. I wouldn't he's got say the rock long star. hair. Looks like he's straight out of the Rolling Stones. No, rock star is the wrong term. I would say classic Fitzroy, long hair, long jacket, black boots, um, walking aimlessly around High Street, down Brunswick Street, and not thinking about what his next job's going to do, just thinking about what his next moment in life is because he doesn't work that hard. And the relationship between you two, I I can't explain this well enough that you two are total polar opposites, but I think that's what's great about the relationship in that you are very um, straight, negative. Um, You generally see the world in your own little bubble. Here, here. Rocky is a diverse, adverse thinker. Critical thinker sees the world in a totally different Stupid light, thinker. and actually has like a fair bit of perspective about worldviews. And obviously, give us an example of that, Rocky. Okay, um, to start with, Harrison said that I walk. Oh, no, you said I walk around aimlessly, thinking about my next job. Well, that's incorrect to start with. I've never worked in my life, <laughs> and it's probably the thing I'm proudest of. No, no, I think. Uh, what's interesting about Brian and myself and our friendship is absolutely nothing. <laughs> I think that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we are. I think actually the good thing about this is that you do need people who do not think exactly as you do around you because mm. if you are surrounded just by, you know, which is happening with social media and that, the, um, the echo chamber, you do not develop. Now, we both agree Brian's got a lot more money than me, but I'm sure we would both agree I've got a lot more brains. But unfortunately I'm a very intelligent village idiot, you know, <laughs> and it hasn't served me well. Oh, well, Rocky's a school teacher, so that's... Ex. Former school, ex- teacher. school teacher. How many days 
at school did you do as a teacher? Not well, let's just say I'm old enough. You're an expert emergency teacher, weren't you? Because you never like to have commitment. Well, you can ask all the women I've been with and they would second that, <laughs> absolutely. No, but uh, uh, I'm old enough to be in a nursing home and as hard as I try, they still won't accept me, you know, which is very depressing. But on a serious note, one of the things I'm proudest of is I've only worked full-time for a total of two and a half years of my life and that's not bad. Most people aren't very proud of that. No. Yeah, but that shows, as Brian has said, that I'm a little bit unusual. No, so because that, so I'm, I'm, what it says is exactly where Rocky is with politics. Uh, it's all about the sponging on society and oh, absolutely uh, heading he's, down he's that path. He's a bit of a communist, socialist. He's a total communist. No, I wouldn't say that. How would you say your political views are, are skewed? Well, my political views are skewed. <laughs> You've summed it up beautifully. I don't need to uh, elaborate on that. No, the okay. Favorite favorite music. Oh, without a doubt. Not long-winded answers, Rocky. Just cough it up short. Okay, John Martin and the Blue Nile. They favorite are both band? Scottish. Never heard of them. The, the Blue Nile. The favorite singer. Oh, oh, well, geez, that's difficult. John Lennon. Favorite style of music. Um, melodic. Favorite mm. type of student. The one who's absent. Because <laughs> 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 they don't give you any trouble. <laughs> um, favorite leisure wear. Uh, Have you ever put a pair of runners on in your life? No, but my favourite leisure wear, because, uh, you know, you haven't seen this part of me, is a lime green mankini. <laughs> <laughs> is it true that you played some form of very under-14s or under-12s football with Lee Matthews? Yes, I played state football for two years, and but it didn't mean much to me. I find that difficult to believe. You're the most uncoordinated. Bullshit. Unathletic looking person I've ever met in my life. Do not listen to Brian Wayne Taylor when he says that. You know that you and I have organised almost two dozen games of cricket, opposing sides, and I reckon I got you out at least half a dozen Rocky, times. Rocky, I reckon I got you out a few times as well. You got me out once. Rocky, while we're on the cricket, and we used to have a cricket annual annual cricket match. Yep. Um, Rocky's mob against our mob. Yep. Yes. So yep. Rocky would get his Thornbury lefties and you yep. would get your hard radical right football mates. Yes. Um, Paul Tudnam. Yeah. Uh, Des Tudnam. Des Tudnam. And Rocky had on his team this guy by the name of Jeremy Oliver who was one of Australia's leading wine connoisseurs, I believe, or tasters or whatever, yep. yes. Experts. And uh, we had we had Paul Tudnam bowling for us on a wicket down there at Domain Oval, and it was a little bit green on this day. And we hadn't played cricket for years, so we were yeah. we were new. And uh, Tuddy let a couple of um, he was pretty quick, slingy type bowler, and he let a couple of short ones go. Quite he accidental. He did. He just didn't know what he was doing. The ball was sticking in his hands. And he still doesn't know what he's and doing. And Jeremy Oliver copped it. And never played with us again. No, the wine taster. and basically, if you hear that Brian Wayne Taylor's ever been run over by a bus. You know who was driving it, Jeremy <laughs> Oliver. I know. But the interesting thing about the cricket game is, like I've said, we played about two dozen of them and Brian won the first 22 tosses and it was horrible because Brian always said, okay, you guys bat first and then we'd break for lunch and have a three-course meal at the Cope Williams Winery in Romsey and certain other venues and – you know, lots of wine, lots of other alcohol. And they always batted second when the weather was hotter yeah. and our side was drunk, you know, because <laughs> our team had a lot of alcoholics in it. 
And at one stage I said to Brian, Brian, why is it? There was one time even he said he tossed while I wasn't there. He always insisted that he would have the coin and yes, toss the coin. Yes, yes. Yeah. And even when I was in Melbourne, he rang me and said, look, I tossed, you lost, uh, you're batting you're first. Batting. And I went at one stage I said, Brian, I've, after about 18 games, I said, I've had enough of this. What's this rubbish about we always bat first? Why can't you bat first for a change? And he said, Rocky, don't you realise... Kids need their fathers in the afternoon. <laughs> that was, and I said, Brian, haven't you heard of a concept, motherhood? <laughs> you know? But then I said, you know, 24 games, he only won 22 because the 23rd time we played, I noticed, like Brian would always put his hands in his pocket and say, Rocky, what are you calling, heads or tails? I'd say, okay, heads. So he'd pull his hand out of a pocket, toss the coin. After 23 games and I just quickly got the coin. So I'd said heads and wouldn't you know it, it came up tails. Then I flipped the coin over because it was quite thick. It was about as thick as two 50 cent pieces. <laughs> and they both had tails. <laughs> <laughs> and they glued together for 20 years. Yeah, and it took me only. <laughs> it was using the double sided coin. Yeah, coins. it just took me two decades because I'm honest. Whereas if anyone plays marbles with Brian, He's anyway, a my favourite story about Rocky because Rocky does like the other the other. Um, and he does love talking about himself as well. The other half, oh, it's and fascinating topic. But I remember Rocky. <laughs> we said to Rocky, "Could you come out and babysit um, <laughs> um, you guys when you were young?" And the house one particular night. Anyway, he had this blonde bombshell out there, <sighs> and um, and um, he wasn't babysitting. This he was house sitting. He was house sitting and babysitting yeah. you guys. Um, and he said, "Yeah, no." And he said, "Can I have a friend out?" I said, "Yeah, you can have a friend over." Anyway, the friend, um, you know, uh, said, I'm going to make a cup of coffee. And Rocky said, yeah, get up, whack the kettle on, you know, up there. <laughs> so she goes up to fills up the kettle, <laughs> puts it on the gas stove, lights up the gas stove and walks off as the kettle's boiling. What she didn't realise, it was an electric plastic kettle that she'd put on the gas stove <laughs> and it melted all over the gas stove. This is the type of person Rocky can be associated with. This is a common uh, No, to be fair to me, Brian... I was only with her for ten and a half years, <laughs> you know, so it's not like I spent my whole life with her. And yeah. it's not just Rocky who does some dumbfounding things. He was also when he was house-sitting when we used to have the place in Montegita, he thought he'd have someone around and he put the spa on. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and what happened? It burned out the motor and, em- <laughs> and emptied the spa. We got home that night, there's no water in the spa. <laughs> the cost to fix it was more expensive yeah. than the installation of the spa. There's a smell of burnt wires. <laughs> And uh, all because he wanted to have a nookie in the spa with this bird. And, um, you know, I've told him never is he to touch the spa again. <laughs> I, I even now get permission to turn the hot water tap on yeah, we can't, before I have a shower. When Rocky comes to babysit, or we have to open the door, let him in and say to him, touch nothing. Don't touch a thing. It's, you know, because that's, it's just too risky to let him touch anything. You're a single man, Rocky. You were, you've had... Lots of girlfriends, and that's part of the my charm. The, yeah, <laughs> you could say that you were you were once married, or potentially still are married. Talk me through the scenario of that. Oh no, look, I believe you. As make, in, where are the papers? And oh, the- oh yes, okay. But <laughs> when you make a mistake, make it a big one. And at the time, I was in love with a beautiful Italian woman who said to me one day, "Rocky, you're more the lover than the husband." And I thought, "I'll show her." So three months later I went off and married someone else. Two minutes into my married life I went, I've really stuffed up. 
what have I done? And fortunately that marriage eventually disappeared. I left her after a while. But then I met the kettle burner, the kettle destroyer. And is, she, that a, is that the, f- the surname and <laughs> yeah? Let, let's we'll just say no names, no factual. Yeah, yeah. Kettle burner. Yeah. Anyway, and she was big on getting married. So the first time she mentioned it to me, I said, "Well, look, I can't because I'm still legally married because we didn't divorce. So I can't commit bigamy. I mean, bigamy is one wife too many, and quite often so is marriage. And I, <laughs> yeah, but I thought I better do something about this." So the next day I got my, you know, marriage certificate. Uh, uh, no, eventually I did get divorced. What did you do right. with the marriage certificate, Rocky? Oh, no, I hung on to the marriage certificate but I had gotten divorced, right, but I didn't tell the kettle burner that you I was actually both parties di- signed. Yeah. No, but the, we I don't w- really need the detail of your marriages, Rocky. What no, no, we need I'm to do d- is what did you do with the divorce papers and why? I got them around to your place yes. so that I could keep the myth going that I was still legally married and that's how I got out of always being Mar- able to That's say how you got out of marrying kettle The kettle burner, burner. yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Probably one Very of the good. wiser decisions I've made in my life. And over the last couple of days here at Christmas, how would you summarise how this sort of this last couple of Christmas days, the tailored Christmas is going? The Taylor Robot on Christmas, Robot on being Tanya's former last name? Yes. the um, An ocean of... Scholastic talent on display or? Oh, no. What I've noticed is that uh, everyone speaks voluminously, meaning quite loudly. Why but didn't you just say loudly? Why do you have to pretend you I was trying to humiliate you then, Brian. <laughs> 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 no, see, this is typical of our relationship. Exactly. But what I will say is uh, the tailors, more so than the Robottoms, are great organisers. Your father... Brian is a great organiser. You're a great organiser. Thanks, Rocky. You know, and so we have had great fun. And like any family, I'm sort of like a surrogate member of the family, which I'm very pleased and proud to be. We're not so. Well, I was feeding you that line and you didn't disappoint me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but um, like any grouping of people who are fond of each other, we can shout, scream, disagree, and then say, well, who wants a cup of tea? And that's what's Politically, important. Politically, we're very opposed in our views. What would be? I wouldn't agree with one thing Rocky says about the world. No. Not one thing would I agree with, and nor would anyone out there listening. I'd reckon. Um, I'd agree, <laughs> and I've got, yeah, I reckon there's a few supporters with Rocky. But Thank you. If we're talking the topics of conversation, which there is a lot of talking, as you've said, and the decibels do get quite high. What do you think the top three most talked about topics? Like we've obviously gone over several things multiple times. Oh, okay. What are the top three at the moment? At, at, this will probably be the same dinner tables around the country. Yeah, well, I'd say um, I think it's a little bit atypical here. Yep. Without a question of a doubt, the most talked about topic is the best gold brine. <laughs> <laughs> we have not mentioned oh, it. Oh, I don't know about that. And, and then the second most common thing that we do is we put the telly on and we watched the highlights real <laughs> career. And no. then and then no no no. Look, we talk a bit about world politics until Brian says, Shut up. Because yeah. someone's gonna you get really emotional. Talk politics with Rocky because he gets becomes emotional. Oh, there's other members of the family. He becomes oh, in- fully invested in that emotion. 
and he therefore becomes uncontrollable. And it, it, you could quite easily give him a real smack to the right cheek just to wake him up because he just becomes un. It becomes you can't talk to him about things. No. You can't talk to him logic. Rocky has. He may have he may have great marks at school, but he has very little logic. But I think that's because he's so passionate about the world and the people within it, and yeah. that he really cares for the future of oh, society I, and I the past do, and please. the present. Yeah, no, thank you. You don't give a fuck. No, and I'm glad that you used that word because you don't give a fuck, Brian. <laughs> You're only worried about all you've worried about for the last 48 hours, and we're talking about. You know, Palestine and what's going on there, real uh, big no. world issues. Harry, could you have said Israel first? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. No, no, we won't go all there. All your thought about is how bad the wind is and all the trees and bark oh. that's going to be on the and ground. And the basketball ring, is it going Mate, to be blown but over? You, you think in sticks and bark. I tell we you what, think in yeah. world uh, I tell you what dynamics. All you and your three brothers and Rocky are doing tomorrow. You're coming out to pick up sticks <laughs> with me. Picking up sticks, and we're going to do. We're going to add a new dimension to it. We're going to all take a bucket so we can pick up rocks as well and uh, make a nice pile. Because no. I like. I've got a new artistic streak in me. I make rock piles. Em- emphasis on you. No, rock piles, and they're yeah. beautiful. They're, they're formed they brilliantly and they're, they're nicely the, uh, um, put together. Uh, All right, so that's Rocky. No, no I, need to, I need to say one more oh, we've thing. We've got to go. I need to say one more thing. We've got a guest thing. coming up in a minute. I know, but our, I need- Our cousin who we're just having dinner with now. It's not He's your, your nephew. Oh, your cousin, my nephew. Yeah. yeah. The saddest thing that's happened to me knowing Brian, like the best thing is meeting his keep family. It sh- keep it short, Rocky. But the saddest thing is many a time it's just been Brian and me and he said, how about I put on the TV and he always goes to some gold prospectors in Tucson, Arizona or somewhere <laughs> and I'm horrified but then three minutes into it I get seduced and I've started enjoying yeah. shit television. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's been a pleasure to be here. It always is. Um, the only people who don't like Brian are the ones who know him. No, no, the only <laughs> people who don't like Brian are the ones who don't know him. And people who do know Brian and his family all speak highly. And, all right. I, and I'm serious See about that. See, so there you go. He's 30... chewing you off. I think we could do a couple of hours on Ross right. Dabshek. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get James Robottom in. Right, Rocky's we'll going to stay with us. Rocky's so. going to stay. Yeah. And we'll ha- we will have Rocky back because we want to tell more stories about Rocky. I uh, think and it. the drop kicks as well that yeah. we did with Sam Kekovich. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Thank you, Rocky. Always a pleasure. Ah, welcome back to Life of Brian. We've just had Rocky, who's still with us. We've got... Unfortunately. Yes. We've <laughs> Thank got, you, Brian. When are you going to depart? You've been down here for three days. You haven't brought a bottle of wine or anything with you. I brought a very strong family-sized bottle of Fanta. <laughs> and you're having a go at me. This is what I've had to put up with for 35 years. And as is tradition, we have other members of the family and James Robottom is with us. James, welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. You're welcome. Um, so the way James fits in, Brian is not a blood relative to James. Aren't I? No. No. <laughs> Brian's wife, Tanya, the Dahl. Yeah. Her brother, Adam. Yes. Is James's father. Right. Does that make sense? Is everyone yeah. with yes. me? So correct. you are a relative by marriage. Yes. Right. And my godfather, yeah. which we touched on today. I and, didn't know that. And Who's I, your godfather? You. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> what, is, what, is that, what does that mean in the world today? Well, it means that James. We went through it this afternoon. I am your godfather. You and I Tan. never yeah. knew that. No. Well, I was wow. uh, baptised late at the party. Ah. Yeah. Who's your godfather, Harrison? 
Um, Adam and Pete. Adam oh, Adam and Pete are my godparents. Rocky, did you have a godfather James. or mother? No, I've got a godchild and um, <laughs> let's just say he's a confirmed atheist. <laughs> is, that, is that Hansel? Oh, yeah, Hansel, but uh, it's Felix and he's actually a violinist in the um, Philharmonic Orchestra. Right. But he, he's, I haven't seen him for 15 years. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, you don't have to see your godchild. Oh, you actually do have you a godchild. You don't pay for <laughs> to go to primary school. You don't fret over their education. It's just I'm his godfather. We were discussing earlier that nobody cares who Rocky is, um, <laughs> but to introduce who James is for who don't follow football, James is a an AFL player for the Sydney Swans. He <sighs> was picked 25 back in 2019. 18. 18. Yep. Close enough. Yep. Um, he's been third in the best and fairest, two years running now with Sydney. Yep. Good effort. Very Incredible good. Effort. How many BNS did you finish in the top three? Brian? I don't think I finished any, even when I kicked. Wasn't well liked. Wasn't <laughs> yeah. well liked by his teammates. And Harrison, isn't it good having a really talented AFL footballer sitting on the couch for <laughs> years at last? Yes. It's, James, was it strange growing up having Brian Taylor as your uncle? It fucking sucked being his son. <laughs> I don't think it was ever strange. No, it was just always kind of normal. I guess I really enjoyed these sort of days and. Ryan and you boys always had all the, the toys and footies and I used to love coming out and getting an old um, Collingwood training pill growing up and I've still got all those balls at home which I always which I always kick around with when I come so back. So that's but where they all went. <laughs> I, I stole them all. So we've always had the whole family at our place for the last 20-odd, as long as I can remember, Harrison, haven't I really? So the last 20-odd years probably. So there's a group of about... The sort of family consists of about sort of 18 or 15 20. to 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we've always had that number of people around the uh, around the Christmas table. Rocky's always been part of that as well. Yes. So that's that's what we do at Christmas. And then we uh, all dissipate pretty quickly to go off to do our th- bits and pieces that we've got to do. James has got to go back to training. You've got to go back to work. I've got work. to. I've got to go and sit at the beach. Rocky. <laughs> Does nothing as usual. I have to get out of bed eventually. (laughs) Around midday. So that's how it all works at Christmas for us. And it has been a pleasure seeing these young lads go from two-year-olds to their young men making, you know, a life. And Charlie, of course, is playing with Gold Coast as well. She was here early today. She's shot through. Yeah. Gone back over to the dark side. It's just just sad to see what the last 20 years or so has done (laughs) to Brian. (laughs) Anyway, push on. James Gropp, a Collingwood supporter, um, and I had that in common with him. James, how do you feel about Collingwood now? Are you a Sydney, what do you call it, bloods? Your blood? Yeah, through and through now. It, um... Leaves you pretty quickly, which is hard to believe. I was, as you said, one-eyed growing up. Um, went to all the all the grand finals, all the finals, and rode every bump pretty hard. And then once I got drafted, it all leaves you pretty quickly, and you start playing against players you've looked up to. And then it's yeah. So you in your mind now, right as you sit here now, there will never be any one other than the Sydney no. Swans. No. See, this is it's hard, and I was the same, and you were the same, and all everyone, but. It's such a small picture and it moves on quickly, doesn't it? Absolutely. Like in, in eight years' time, you know, James may or may not be playing football, may or may not be thinking about the Sydney Swans, may or may not be barracking for the Sydney Swans. It just changes so it does, quickly. Because yeah. yeah. you realise football is only a very small part of your life. It's like it's like, it's like like one-tenth of your life. Yeah, if that will yeah. last, what, an average career, I think, is four to six years yeah. now. So. yeah. Um, it does go pretty quickly, so I'm pretty grateful to So have it. in terms of scholastic talent, did you have any? 
like Rocky um, had an abundance, apparently. But what's, <laughs> what's scholastic for the basics in the room? Uh, but I can spell brain. it at least. <laughs> a, a brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do any good at school? What did I, you? I went all right at school, and um, I'm currently studying at university. Which oh, yeah, doing what? Doing a commerce degree up at UNSW. And um, what do you Sydney? hope that is? That just a general thing that you could go any yeah, direction? Yeah, hopefully. I hope to finish in the next three or four years and then hopefully do a day or two work experience through the club and then figure out what I want to do after footy. So as a footballer, do you hope to um, uh, your 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 next job beyond your footy career, do you hope that it comes uh, through a business you might buy or create or through going to work for someone that you meet along the way, what do you think it might end up being? I have no idea. I love the game in general. So it could be if I do this and it doesn't work out, I'd love to do like sort of a coaching cert towards the back end right. if, if that's an option. And um, But, yeah, I think I've always thought that I'd step into some sort of um, area like I'm studying in the commerce sort of area and go forward in that. Yeah. What about marrying into money? <laughs> uh, no, hopefully I don't have to. But uh, <laughs> it's always good as you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the best maybe advice. An added, maybe an added yeah. bonus. It is very important. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, make sure <laughs> you're not yelling out my name. Is you know, like, oh, am I a lost cause oh, or something? You are a lost cause. You're looking. You, the problem with you, Harrison, is this is about James Bryan. You're, yeah. you're looking no, for on. the perfect girl out there because mum. My wife, no. Tanya, said that when you meet the perfect girl, Rocky, you'll ba- vouch me here, and James will, when you meet the perfect girl, pink, white and yellow butterflies will fly out your ass, <laughs> right, with excitement. I've just had and, diarrhoea when it's happened to me. And because that happened, hasn't happened to Harris, and despite dating... He thinks they're no good because his mum's told him that she has painted too much of a yeah, rose Disney, Disneyland um, sort of scenario. Well, yeah, it's a high bar. Yeah, no, Harrison, lower your standards, son. <laughs> so, so James, um, St Kevin's educated. Yep. Give us the last five footballers to come out of St Kevin's. Who are they? Um, you play. You went to school with Tim Taranto. Yep, me, yep. Tim Taranto, Riley West. Oh, Riley West, that's yep. right, yeah. And then I think before that it would have been – or Pat Kerr got drafted. Yeah. Um, and then before that I think it was Mitch Wallace and Tom Libertoro yep. was that um, – Tom Liberatore so went to school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he's a classic. He's a zinger from yeah. Brian. <laughs> a rare zinger. Little drive-by. <laughs> was he only there for phys ed classes? <laughs> <laughs> and Geordie Dugowie, I forgot to mention. Who's, oh, Geordie Dugowie. Who's, 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 who's dominating Jordan the competition at the moment. Yeah. He went to school as well. <laughs> 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 that is amazing. These guys must have been on scholarships. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, unbelievable. Growing up a Collingwood supporter, who was your hero or was it outside Collingwood potentially? Um, <laughs> Rocky's pointing at Brian. But <laughs> Be uh, diplomatic. I, uh, I think my <laughs> when I was really young, I looked up to Nathan Buckley. He was a, obviously a star of the competition. And then as I got older, um, Scott Penderbury was probably the my favourite player. And you would have played on Scott Penderbury yeah. many times. What What's it like? Is it the first time is like, you get the rainbows coming out of your mouth. <laughs> or, or is it an absolute beast mode sort of um, I have to destroy this person because he stands in the way? Yeah, I don't know. I've never really thought. I, th- I think it's more of a post-game sort of reflection upon what happened. I've never really thought about it during the game or before the game that I'm playing and someone I've looked up to forever. But looking back on it, it's pretty 
Um, it's pretty cool to think that I was someone who was a five-year-old that said I wanted to play for Collingwood and then you can play against this place. So watching him from afar as a supporter as you did and then to now playing on him occasionally when you play Collingwood, what is it that you think makes the game look so easy for him? Um, he's just always composed and he puts himself in, as I'm going to my sixth year or whatever, but um, he puts himself in very smart positions, I think, to receive the ball and then um, orchestrate play for oh. his um, his teammates. And I think um, that's what makes him look so calm and composed is his and, ability to help his teammates. And and one of the things, Rocky, I, I look at penalty is his kicking is not necessarily Petrarca bullet-like or no, anything like that. He, he tends to chip the ball. Yeah, he's clever. And yeah. he just he doesn't force the kick yeah, hard and fast. He puts it in a bin. He just yeah. puts it in the, in, the, in the spot and allowing people yeah. to come at it and hit the ball as hard as they want to. He's an absolute marvel at that. Yeah. Brian, can I ask James a serious well, question? Well, you don't have to ask my permission <laughs> no. for that. Okay. Actually, I can't think of any. <laughs> but, no, they do say about that sense of I finally feel that I belong. So do you have that now after almost 100 games that you feel like you can go, I'm good enough to play against you, Scott Pendlebury? Yeah, so- I, th- I think I um, always sort of had that sense once you get picked, you, you've done the work, you deserve to be there. I think after my first sort of year that I felt like I was um, capable yeah. and then now going I'm almost considered like old in our group, we're pretty, oh, pretty youthful. <laughs> pretty youthful. So um, coming into my sixth year, I can actually feel like I can give advice to others, which is makes yourself feel like you've been around for a bit of a while. Yeah. So. Who's the most talented person? Forget football. At Sydney, who's the most talented person and really surprised you? You know, did you go in and you realise someone can play guitar or they're an artist or they're, or they're good at yo-yo or something? Was there anyone that? You went, wow, that guy, I never knew that about that guy. Tom McCartan's a pretty good kick, cook, isn't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, Tommy, I told a story that you go through your phases of cooking every every now and again when we live together. But, um, no, I think everyone's everyone tries to find their own sort of thing outside of footy, but no one really has a an exceptional. So there's um, no talent there at all. Off the nah, no, just footy. <laughs> no, actually, uh, Luke Parker is um, a bit of a jack of all trades and can play the piano, can surf, oh, can play really? golf. So if um, you went out for a night, he'd get up and sing a song. For no, the oh, no. Mate, he, him and Sam Reed. I'll right. throw them under the bus. Love karaoke at the end of a night out, oh. and always try and drag the boys. To- um, it's hard to say anything worse about anyone. <laughs> they love karaoke. Seriously, they are, no, they're very good. Tell very them talented. you were drunk at the time you said that. <laughs> Speaking of talent, but maybe keeping to football, you've played with Lance Franklin for your entire career. What separates him from everyone else? Um, is it hard work or is it just sheer talent? It's both. Um, and I think also above all was his um, competitiveness and his will to win was just like in everything he did. Um, at training, whether we were playing ping pong, whether you were doing whatever it was, he wanted to be the best at all times and that obviously held him in good stead. I, I have this thing years. about past champions, Rocky. Well, and you are one yourself, it, unfortunately. It, it, <laughs> no, I'm not. Not in comparison to these guys. It, it's... I think it's a little bit mythical. Like I played with a guy by the name of Kevin Bartlett who played over 400 games as well. And I don't reckon in the time that I played with him, which was three or four years, as great a player as he was and still at that time was, I never, I hardly saw him train. I had this feeling about Buddy that he didn't train much in his last couple of years because injuries were catching and age was catching up. That was just sort of my first year I got there, right. I reckon. 
And then other than that, he sort of worked through the week and then by our main training session, he was ready to go. Ready remember, to go yeah. I remember dad will tell you a story, but mum and dad came up in my second or third year and watched the training session <laughs> and Bud was just coming back from one of his hamstring injuries that he did. Yeah. And um, we did a 20-minute match sim or maybe even less, 15 minutes, and he would have kicked six or seven goals, <laughs> just tore it apart and then everyone's like, right, he's ready to rock and roll. Yeah. And he's just – his raw ability and strength and competitiveness was just second to none. Was that when they tried you out at full back? <laughs> no, 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 that was when I was struggling, mate. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, the Buddy does present you with a very unusual moment in life, which is you were standing right next to him when he kicked a 1,000 goals and everyone was charging at him and that went all the way around the world. What – did it feel like for you seeing just literally thousands of people running straight where you were? It was pretty incredible. We were only talking about it the other night because my all my family were there and uh, my sister actually ran on the ground and Charlie. ended up getting trampled <laughs> oh. by everyone. And you can see in the footage she gets she falls over and Bud looks at her oh. as to go, oh, she might be in trouble. And then, nah, she'll be right and stands back <laughs> up and <laughs> celebrates with everyone. But no, it was pretty incredible. And then um, after that, it just all caught sort of. James was one of the ones that actually got outside the arena. <laughs> yeah, he's in full Sydney kit, boots, standing on the streets <laughs> yeah. of Sydney. It was yeah, it was nuts. So a lot of the boys, once it happened, were before the game was like, right, if this happens, make your way to your nearest um, exit and just get off the ground. And then so all the team pretty much made it back to the rooms, and they were all celebrating and. And chatting with Bart and Horse and giving each other hugs and me, Nick Blakey and Will Hale were stuck <laughs> on the other side of the ground twiddling our thumbs, copping abuse and so, <laughs> stuff over the fence. I'm assuming you guys were happy about that. I'm, I'm assuming that if someone ever gets to that point again where they can break some sort of record or kick 100 goals that you're happy to see what you saw on that night happen again. I, I think so. I think it was um, it was a pretty special moment. As you said, it went all around yeah. the world. And, and, mm. and Bud said after he kicked his 100th, he was more worried about – um, being protected and getting off the ground, and and I think we saw. He said when if if he and when he was to kick a thousand, he would enjoy it a lot more. He's, and he did. He and, seemed to enjoy it. And, yeah. he, and he said that, and he said it was great and amazing and an amazing opportunity mm. that he gave himself. For a man who says he doesn't like crowds, he handled it very well. Yeah, Seriously. I think I think that was sort of a one-off sort of situation, and um, and what a moment to do it for. It was pretty incredible. It reminded me of when Brian kicked his twentieth goal <laughs> after eight seasons. I feel like we're talking about Buddy a bit, um, and it's great because we're not talking about Brian. <laughs> Um, is he a bit of a recluse or is he like, is he someone at the club who's like, you know, one of your best mates and always around and having with the boys? But because it seems to the public eye that he's sort of not a little bit distant. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not at all. Um, I think especially after the, um, hubs in COVID when everyone was, um, away from their families, he really bonded with a lot of the younger boys. Cause at that point in time, there were very few, senior players in the group were all very much from 20 to 23, 24 years of age and he bonded with a lot of the younger boys over playing table tennis or playing FIFA and and sat and chatted and laughed and then I think post that it just flowed into sort of normal life. So, yeah, very much was one of the boys. And sorry to talk about football so much but with the acquisitions of Brody Grundy and Taylor Adams, there's obviously a, a real push for Sydney to take advantage of what that sweet spot on the list is. So you guys really think you're – like riding that chance for a premiership. Yeah, I think so. And I think a lot of clubs will say this at this point of year, but 
um, everyone's very fit and healthy and um, I think that's the key as we found out I think last year that the um, health and amount of people on the track is crucial to your success. So, uh, but yeah, those two acquisitions have already excited us. And You're a clubby. And, What's and a rock, clubby? Yes. Can we talk? Can I, can I talk about Brody Grundy before we go to clubby? Oh. No, no, <laughs> no. Because I heard Rocky, a story. going to go. What's today. a clubby? Yeah, what is a clubby? I'll explain in a minute. <laughs> okay, Pour, uh, hold the clubby. Oh, by the now, way, Brody Grundy is a big, big lad. One and, of the biggest people I've seen, and can shift some weight in the he, weight room. Could not crap. believe it. He rocked up in before preseason started, and we we're all in there doing our normal off-season program, and he rocks up and was shifting some serious tin. Like even our big boys in our team were like, holy hell, like doing bench press 130 kilos for five I've, sort of I've heard efforts. that you and your two housemates, Tom and Nick Blakey, yeah. Tom McCartan and Nick Blakey, you guys re-watch and over and over again watch videos of Brody Grundy lifting weights and giggle, <laughs> sit there and giggle like little schoolgirls in amazement of how big this bloke is. It is pretty incredible. It's, it's, it's also good to see because as I said, we're all – sort of young and growing up and doing all this stuff and to have someone experienced and strong come in and sort of show us what's going on is probably what we're giggling and, about. And I also heard that you hold or did ha- hold the deadlift record and your- Front squat. Front squat. Yeah. And you're in serious danger. Yeah, I think oh, that was previous testing, but yeah, I, I, I got that in a couple of years ago. Yeah, go on with your clubby thing. <laughs> yeah, Brian, what is a clubby? Well, a clubby is one that belongs to a surf club. Oh, and, yuck. And does patrol. Oh, that normally would have joined when they were very, very young and gone through nippers and all of this sort of thing, which I think James did over at, uh, on the dark side there. <laughs> and um, and then they patrol the beaches and then they uh, get to a point where they think they own the beaches yeah. and oh, yeah, they can yeah. surf over the top of anyone with their stupid <laughs> boards where they lie down and then sit on their knees and <laughs> carry on like pork chops. And then they um, contribute very little other than that to the community. So yeah. you quite, can you repeat this question? <laughs> I reckon you sound to me like a, a clubby, quintessential clubby, clubby absolutely. And, <laughs> and by the way, who's Brody Grundy? Just, just joking, just joking. No, we have forgotten about him pretty quick. He's, yeah. a, he's a great fellow, Brody. Um, but, yeah, clubby, is that something you've always liked doing? Yeah, as you, as you said, I grew up. Um, so just wait. <laughs> the question was, is that something you like doing? Water. Do you like water, James? <laughs> I, I actually do. As funny you like and stupid water? as it sounds, I often say that and living in Sydney, I'm very privileged to have the water close to me, but yeah. um, it is very, very good to live near the water. Well, we don't – We I won't say we don't like because that's too strong, but over here on this side at Lawn, the clubby sort of thing, the surf club is a little bit – a bit distant from the community, a little bit Melbourne elitist. I think potentially surf clubs have the chance to be that. So Maybe. I'm going to translate again. Are you an elitist, James? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I think maybe you could be right. A lot of uh, the surf club uh, where I'm from, from Portsy, was a lot of people who'd come down for holidays during um, during the summer and then, as you said, <laughs> would, would leave, <laughs> leave the community. But... Um, no, I've really I made a lot of friends and enjoyed my time there, and still go back. Had dinner there, and um, Charlie and Izzy are active patrol members. What's still, the best so. beach over that side? What's the best beach? What for? Just, just drowning for, just, for water. Oh, drowning! Yeah. Yeah. No, for, for surfing and and, and, and swimming <laughs> um, and drowning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we we have a very nice Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Harold. Low key. 
place out the back of our joint in Blairgowrie and um, there's a lot of nice rock pools and a little beach right. and a big rock that everyone can jump off and that's a bit more secluded and a lot of fun out there. Yeah, no, I didn't <laughs> drop the name. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, was it a big shock to you going from Melbourne to Sydney? Because when they draft you, it was sort of like yeah, it was four goodnight days. Irene within a minute, yeah, isn't it? It was, it was pretty crazy but I think I was – How quick before you got there? Four After days. Four days. So I think it was the th- – Thursday or Friday I got drafted and I was up there on the Sunday. Or Thursday I got picked up and Sunday I was there. And did you live with someone to start with or? Yep, so the Swans do a housing program system where there's a third year, second year and first year in each house and it works really well and I moved in with um, Will Haywood and Riley Stoddart when I first got to the club and it was amazing. And yeah, as, as, as you're young, you hang out, a lot of you move into state when you play for Sydney. So um, yeah, moving up. That helped a lot, I guess. How often do you get to train on the SCG? I see the oval outside the ground where you do a lot of training, but actually on the SCG surface. Um, two years ago it was a lot less because Allianz was getting rebuilt, so yep. the rugby was often on on um, the SCG. But now it's um, once a week pretty much, so all our main training sessions are all on the SCG. A lot of people would be surprised at that, once a week. Yeah, once well, a week. Your new training facility is actually out. Ne- no, ne- two doors down. It's, oh, right. it's between yeah. Allianz okay. and yeah. – Yeah, two yeah. doors down, which is, um, yeah, incredible. And how often do you get to play at the MCG during a year um, normally? Three or four times? Three or four times a year, minus finals, yeah. It's not a lot, or is plus it? plus finals, yeah. No, it's not. But I think the SCG is only three or four metres shorter and a couple metres short, uh, less width as well. I don't think it's that much smaller. So it's – bar the spectacle of the S- um, MCG, it's not, not too dissimilar. Who wins in a fight, you or Charlie? Oh, God, I was just chatting about this upstairs. <laughs> so Charlie is a player for the Gold Coast Suns. Um, she's probably their best player, is their best player. Yep. Second in the BNF. James's yep. sister. Number yes. one draft pick, um, absolute gun and a very, very strong girl. Yeah, I think um, if anyone watched the W Awards this year, her, she made All-Australian, which is um, very impressive. Congratulations, and, Charlie. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. And if anyone watched her highlights, she uh, – Ragdolled a few a fair bit of the competition this year, but um, yeah, I think she might have have me covered. <laughs> <laughs> and younger sister Izzy, and this is a probably a more serious question: How do you go as a family dynamic? Very close family. You've got a sister on the Gold Coast. You're in Sydney. Your younger sister is going into year twelve, and she's got her two older siblings who are highly successful, not only academically but also in the sporting realm. How do you go about making sure that she is? Um, not feeling like she's been someone that's left behind. Yeah, I think it is it is very, very hard to deal with. And I think because I left when I was, uh, what, 18 and she was uh, 12. Oh, no, how old was she? Yeah, 12-ish. So still very young and kind of figuring stuff out. And now she's going into year 12 and it is um, it is hard to kind of stay in touch and you come back and like she's like all grown up and it is challenging but – um, I think just calling back every now and again and this time of year is um, very valued and easy. Do you feel like that she might put, be putting real pressure on herself to live up to her older siblings or is that not – your parents don't allow that? No, she I, likes sleeping. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I don't think from the way she, uh, <laughs> the, the way she uh, handles herself that she That's um, good holds herself to much pressure. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? BT's highlights, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> BT's pressing a little. Um, what do you call that? Throw out a button. A buzzer. It's a, it's a buzzer. Throw out a button. He's releasing it as a rap song. <laughs> in March. What are we doing after football? 
Not that you're close to it. You've still, you've oh, probably. Yeah. I don't know. I, what do you mean after footy at the end of his career? Yeah. Well, he sort of answered that a bit. He's doing the commerce degree and he's, he's not sure where yeah, he's going. Whatever. Yeah, right. But, see what but happens, surely okay. just on that though, you will, I think the hole you can fall into as footballers, and I've seen this with a lot, is they don't organise themselves before they leave footy. So you need to know roughly where you're heading, yeah. I reckon, at least three years before you think you might retire. Completely agree. And the, the club. Because you can use the contacts within your club to get where exactly you need to go. Right. The club at the Swans are incredible at doing that. The last few years with our players who have retired, they've all stepped pretty much straight into jobs that they've. Um, done like work experience with or for because Rocky, you and I know and have watched. Once you step foot outside a footy club and you are finished there as a player, yep. despite what they say, it is you alone that's yep. that's got to do it from that point. In fairness to the football clubs, they can't be held responsible and expected to look after you forever. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you really have got to do it by yourself. So it's smart to use the contacts that you've uh, created yep. in that. 10-year period, I which there, Which there are plenty of and are very grateful for. And I think there's a lot of footballers, Rocky, that don't think about Absolutely. it until they're told there's no next yeah. year. Mm. I mean, like even the great Peter Dacos, for many years, oh, he was great. Now he's the father of mm. Nick and Josh. But And same with Brian, you know. It's like once you're not playing, yeah. you're just, oh, well, you know, thanks, but. Yeah, you know. they have yeah. got better clubs. I think generally have got slightly better at looking after their past players, but I don't think there's any great commitment from the clubs to have to look after their past players because they've they've already done it. Yeah, you know, I think, yeah, I think they've the got to move on to the next group. The commitment comes from the AFLPA. Yeah, um, they're great, and they um, through the last CBA have negotiated a much better retirement fund. Yeah. So what? How does the retirement fund currently work? I think it accumulates. So if you retire this year, what happens? I think it, it's a, an accumulation of your years of service um, and a certain amount of money. So you get, like they do in the NFL or the NBA, a, a salary for the rest of your life. No, no, not. No. So there's, a, there's a pool. So for oh. each year of my service, a certain yeah. amount of money goes towards oh, right. a pool which I can access or invest. It's like super. Yeah, yeah it's like super oh, for okay. It's another players. form of yeah. super. So it's, oh. um, so that's great. So if you play for 15-odd years, you've got 15 years accumulated right. of money that you can yeah. access. But you can grab it as soon as you finish. Yeah. 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 It's better than super. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like Rocky, you're lucky enough to have a fair bit of free time. What do you like to do in your in your free time? <laughs> Not in your <laughs> Rocky. <laughs> Um, There's one correct answer. Nothing. nothing. <laughs> but as I said, Sydney's awesome and as Brian was mocking, I do love the water. <laughs> so I do spend a lot of time down at the beach with all the boys and um, have a lot of time. You picked up surfing? Yes, in the last year or so, which has been another sort of hobby I can pick up. And who's the best surfer at Sydney? Best surfer. There's a fair crew. I think some boys would be offended if I don't say they are the best surfer. Um <laughs> So there's go a, and do it. <laughs> there's a there's a fair crew. There's uh, Isaac Heaney, Callum Mills, Luke Parker, all the um, blonde boys, Sam Wicks. Yeah, mm. all the all, the, all the really good footballers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you're doing the right thing by picking it <laughs> just, up. Just tagged along. <laughs> yeah, and you've got um, Betsy the bus. What yep. is Betsy? She is a van that I. What sort my, of van? A 2003 Toyota Hiace. Yeah, and what have you done to it? And we destroyed during it. during COVID, we you know, didn't destroy it. We <laughs> enhanced its uh, living and camping capabilities by putting a bed in the kitchen and a fridge and 
um, travelled up and down the coast a bit through COVID and mm. now we uh, – So you look after your cars and keep them pretty – because Rocky doesn't. Because when no. Rocky arrived down here at Lawn, the uh, day before Christmas, I walked around the Toyota Camry <laughs> and had a good look at it and it has it smelt of uh, burnt water, which means it's running a bit hot, Rocky, and there's, oh, no, yeah, there's, there's, there's no water left. <laughs> I, I, I then lifted the bonnet, checked the dipstick, and you know, I don't know whether you know what a dipstick no is, oil. Rocky. It checks the oil. <laughs> I've been called a dipstick. It, <laughs> it, it, it didn't register on the dipstick and then I – Check the oh, tires, really? and both of your front tires have about three pounds in them. What does that mean? No, it means they're <laughs> flat. <laughs> okay, we can't, we, we can't talk about tires on the way down here from Sydney. Uh, one of our tires completely exploded. Let go. It absolutely. And were you itself. able to change it? This is a this is an interesting question. Well, I'm I'm not going to say oh, no to start because the nuts were rusted on, and I right. the crossbar that goes through the tool to get it off. Was fully bent because uh. it didn't get off. So the RSAV man came out with his little drill and away we went. Who do you call when you're when you're in a scenario? Who do you call first in like a scenario like that? In terms other of than what? like other than like the RSAV. Yeah. Uh, well, like you need so fit. if your car conked out or you had an accident, who's the first person you call? I'd call my old man. Right, he's yeah. Um, yeah. well. Rocky, who would you call? <laughs> I'd call Brian and, he, and he, you know what he'd say to me? Yeah, Fuck yeah, off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he did once, one time one of my cars. He told you to fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> when you were Today. living in Hawthorne, one of my cars died in Grove Road where you lived. And I asked Brian, look, can you help me tow it somewhere or whatever? And he said, fuck off, <laughs> literally like that. But when you were talking about your van, Betsy, it sounded like you were describing my next home. <laughs> so when you want to sell it, let me know and then I'll finally have a secure roof over my head. Thank you very much to Rocky and James for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Christmas edition. And James, don't take it personally. It's when he found out that you're not a relative by blood. <laughs> by blood. He lost all interest in you. And then he came back around when he found out he's your godfather. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, take care, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Bye-bye.